Dead in Goal, the Companion Rugby League podcast to Inside Sport magazine. I'm James Smith, editor of Inside Sport, and joining me, I've got a playmate this week, Jimmy Emanuel. How are you going, mate? Well, thanks, mate. Thanks for having yeah, me. No, it's so good that you're, that you're joining us. Um, I think you're going to fit our audience brilliantly, and uh, you're about of our ilk, so... Yeah, yeah. Very much just a rugby league fan and always have been. So <laughs> happy to talk anything about sport and particularly rugby league. Yeah, you're the deputy editor of Golf Australia, aren't you? That's correct, yeah. yeah. So I work Golf Australia magazine and across all of the platforms for, for Golf Australia. And uh, yeah. But just love all things sport. So played every sport as a kid and watched every sport. Anything with a ball, I'll watch it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, golf was the thing I was probably best at. So that's how I got into that. But uh Always watched everything else, so any sport's good with me. <laughs> no, nice one. And there's a, at the moment, there's a nice crossover, isn't there, between rugby league and golf because someone big in rugby league is trying to sort of establish his links in, in golf. Yeah, in uh, Braith and Astor. Yep. So Braith's uh, started a, a management group called Searoo Sports, uh, and he's got a couple of business partners in that. And the, and the first sort of area he's gone into is golf management. So wow. manages a bunch of young Aussie players. Uh, Dimi Papadatis is one, and uh, uh, Daniel Gale's another. Um, some really good up-and-coming players, Matt Steiger. Uh, so Dimi Papadatis actually playing the, the Open Championship in Northern Ireland this week, one of the four majors, and... Uh, Braith's actually over there, I believe, with him uh, for the week, yeah. yeah. Uh, Spends a lot of time at golf tournaments and uh, is a very good golfer himself. Played a couple of professional events on invitations and I played a bit of golf with him myself and he's a pretty handy stick. He uh, (laughs) he goes pretty well and he loves it. So So if you don't hear him on commentary this week, that's why. That's right. He's he's out there watching the golf and looking after his guys. I, I can't wait till people hear this because... Yeah, if they don't listen to this and he's not commentating, yep. you, you watch, it'll be, oh, they've sacked Braith and Astor. They've sacked him. <laughs> <laughs> because he's got his critics out there. He does, he does. Yeah. Well, I think like when he was playing footy too, he always had critics. <laughs> overrated, his, uh, yeah, he's yeah. the most overrated in Rugby League Week. Well, that's it? right, he gets a bit of stuff. I mean, the, a few of the footy players I've played a bit of golf with always seem to attract that. I played oh. a lot of... A lot of golf with Jamie Lyon back in the day. Really? Yeah, yeah he's another one that uh, always caught a bit of stick and both handle it very well, I must say. But, what was um, Jamie Lyon like as a player, as a, a good, golfer? Yeah, yeah, good golfer too. He's a sort of single-figure handicap. Uh, loves it. Just loves hitting golf balls, playing golf. I'm sure he'd play every day, all day if he could. Um, cool. And he's just very into it. You know, used to play with him and a fair few other manly boys. So Brent yeah. Kite, Is that another right? one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, young Jake Trebojevic, a bit of golf with those boys. Uh, Jakey loves it too. Just, uh, I think, again, would probably prefer to play golf for a living than rugby league, <laughs> I reckon, but you never know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I just wanted to line this um, podcast up with our August edition, which is on sale at the moment, August 2019 edition. It's it's not a league cover. It's um, got Magic Daw, the North Melbourne um, Sudanese player who's on his on his way back, and Bob Drain has written a terrific article about, you know, some of the social... Um, the, the social... Um, you know, changes and, and inspiration that, that, that footy has with certain sort of, yeah, social situations and and stuff. So, yeah, get right into that. Um, and so later on, um, uh, I'm going to attach an um, interview that I did with Cameron Munster um, a couple of a couple of weeks ago for the uh, July issue. Um, and that hadn't gone to air yet. It's gone into the magazine, but... You know how you pick up more yep. from from interviews, absolutely audio. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll finish off with that. Um, and I did a bit of a. Uh, I'd, um, we have a, a listener question each week where I, I'll post out a question on Twitter, and I did that back in March, but I never I never really put it on air because Jefferson Tenera just left me in the middle of the night and he did, <laughs> did like a Sonny Bill Williams he just jumped, jumped on a plane and <laughs> just took off <laughs> no he didn't really but um yeah so um and that, that was pretty much the last um podcast I did with with somebody else it's all been interviews since then which is really good yeah, yeah it's good yeah. to mix it up every now and then um so anyway that question was uh, what's your uh, golden rule slash philosophy key tactic uh, when picking your teams each week in footy tipping. So I'll, I'll get yours later on too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, terrific. Um, and so, well, I'm not, as I said, I wanted to frame this episode around this um, feature article I wrote on 
um, players that seem to be able to still handle themselves even though they're getting on in years. Um, who, who, who would be some of the ones that you'd sort of be amazed at that are still going as strong as they are? Oh, Cameron Smith's the one that stands out. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the most obvious pick of any of them, really. I mean, the guy's 36 years of age and is still arguably the best player in the game. Yeah. Uh, and and the way he runs a football team around and, and plays in the middle and makes all those tackles and everything like that still at that age is, is unbelievable. Yeah. But I suppose it's something you see more and more in all sports. We Just last week, Roger Federer is still you know, yeah. making finals and grand slams and yeah. and in, in everything there's there's guys and girls playing much later on and I think it comes down to a lot of preparation and, and their fitness, but also guys like Cam Smith and... Cooper Cronk seem to just manage their bodies really well. Yeah. I, I'm guessing they show up to training and they almost dictate what they do each day because they know what their bodies are doing yeah. with help of the you know, physios and everything like that. But um, the league's got a really strong core of them at the moment. Paul Gallon's another one. You know, yeah. guy, guys played in the in the front row, back row, and, and made that many tackles and taken that many hit-ups and still going. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is an intelligence thing, isn't it? I think so. But when, yeah. and if you're you're young and huge, and and you know you think you're indestructible, you are just going to throw yourself into every tackle you can, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. And and these guys pick their spots. They you know when to probably go as hard as they can, and when to maybe throw an offload and everything like that. So yeah, um, yeah I think you're exactly right. Young guys are big and strong and fast, and want to prove that they are, but wear themselves out pretty quickly and. Uh, but the older guys sort of just work their way around the field and, and know when to stick their head up and, and take the footy and maybe have a, a breather out the back. Uh, <laughs> Without anybody knowing? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm sure the coaches know. I'm sure they watch them very closely and the GPS tracker starts to beat. But, uh, Spot on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that, that's awesome. So I went and picked 10 players who um, I thought are still going pretty strong. 10 of the oldest players. There are a few in there. I haven't I haven't put um, Gavin Cooper in there. I think there's, there's a few others. I think one of the Morris both of them actually. That they'll be right up there in as far as age too. But these guys are amongst the oldest and yep. and still really really dominating at the top of the game. What about Gallon? What do you still like about him? Oh, I just he's just relentless. Yeah. yeah, he just he just never stops. He just gets the footy and he just keeps pushing it up and pushing it up and then keeps making the tackles and. It, like we just said, you know, they probably know when to take it a little bit easier and when to rest a little bit, but he doesn't seem to. You no. know? He, he doesn't give up on a tackle when it's made by someone else. He's always in there and doing the wrestling on the ground and everything like that, which yeah. is the hardest part of modern footy, in my opinion. You know, that work on the ground, those guys do, that'll wear you down and wear your body out, but he's in there doing it every time. So, yeah. uh, you know, he just... He, just relentless, keeps going like a perpetual motion sort of machine. He just gets the footy and goes, which is for any forward to do that is impressive. But for a guy of his age who's yeah. taken that many goes at it, yeah, really good, unbelievable. Yeah. He would be the modern Ray Price, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, I mean Ray Price would have done a quarter of the workload that Gal does because of the professionalism and stuff. Correct. Yeah. But he'd he'd be the one, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's exactly that exactly that mold. Just yeah. keep toiling away at it and doing it and doing it and it you know, definitely changed his game a lot from when he was first came into first grade of course where yeah. he's probably got a lot more ball playing ability than he did then and yeah. and, and knows you know, how to play the game a lot smarter but to still be doing it I think that's one of the things with all the guys on the list which I'm sure you'll expand on who's in there but mm. a guy like Benji Marshall he doesn't play the same footy he played when he won that premiership nah you know he can't he's, he's not as fast and he, nah. he he doesn't step as well but he's reinvented his game to be a really really solid player that you can rely on to get your kicks in and throw a couple of good passes and, and poke his head in and make a line break I think that's every one of those guys yeah. they they work out the best way to play with the abilities and the strength they've still got yeah yeah you're dead right with Benji you might as well talk about him he, yeah, and and I'm sure that as he like when he was younger, he didn't do a lot of that eyes up sort of cheeky sort of running from dummy half because he wouldn't have had the experience to think you know what if I just not if I don't throw the ball and I don't go on a darting run and if I just run straight at, like you know in front of me where nobody is I'm gonna I'm, that that's gonna be better for the set of six but when you're a 17, 18, 19 year old you don't know that do you no 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's it. I, I, like I say, I think every one of those older guys who are still playing really good footy yeah. has their games change as they as they work out. You know, what to do a little bit better and yeah. where to maybe help out their teams a bit more probably they become better team players I think that's, that's it, eh? I think older guys are always great team players they're not necessarily the, the flashiest players still on the field but yeah. really good team players and again it goes to other sports as well older guys work out where they can take advantage against even younger opponents I think in every single sport and mm. uh, and they really work out ways to help a team that's very different to what they did in their prime you know and Benji's probably the best example in the league, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I put Michael Gordon in there too, because not that I mentioned this, because this magazine came out uh, last week, and obviously before all the Titans coaching drama. But the thing about Michael Gordon that I like is just his experience alone um, over the next six months, oh, however many months the Titans have got left in, in this year's comp, is going to be so important. You know, there's going to be so much chatter in that group about what's happening next year and, you know, where we're going to be and, you know, what's going to happen to us. A bloke like Gordon, to have his experience there, would he would be absolutely perfect for that situation, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. That experienced player who just... But obviously, he's another guy who just shows up and does his job week in, week out. Yeah. Having that sort of stability when the rest of the, the, the team and doesn't have much stability I suppose at the moment it's probably a, a really good thing to lean on and yeah. uh, strikes me as one of those guys that when you look at players that play like that into their older years almost acts like a, an extra coach in the side anyway Yeah, uh, for the younger guys so yeah invaluable at this sort of time yeah. of year for a team with no coach at the moment and not sure what's going to be happening going forward so yeah God. Unbelievable. <laughs> Can't imagine it. How old is he? He's 35. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he's 35. No. 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 It seems, yeah. I mean, he has had a few injuries, so probably hasn't played as many games as most yeah, I think he's 35. got one now, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't, yeah. Probably hasn't played as many games as a lot of 35-year-olds, but yeah. um, he definitely doesn't seem to be an old war horse. He seems to be one of the young, sort of yeah. exuberant sort of ones. I suppose that's a personality thing, and maybe playing in a young side, too, that that sort of helps but yep. yeah doesn't seem like he's 35 no <laughs> um, someone who does seem he's th- like he's 35 I reckon but you know he's earned every um, every minute of it is, is Cooper Cooper Cronk um, he's going to retire at the end of the year to kind of about time for him isn't it yeah I think yeah. so yeah. I, I think so uh, it sort of he I'm amazed that he's still playing as well as he is and having left yeah. the storm, you know, such a huge decision to to up and leave a team you've had so much success with, and then go yeah. and do it with another team, albeit a very very good team as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it's amazing that he's still playing in a, in a top side and doing all that sort of stuff in mm. arguably the most important position on the field. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it it looks like he's he's ready to finish up. He, you know, he's. Taken a lot of hits and yeah. and been belted around plenty, so yeah. uh, he's probably looking forward to sitting in a commentary box rather than running oh. around on the field a little bit. I think. God, he's he's terrific on Fox. Yeah, 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 great. yeah he's just um, he, I think he's on every Monday night on NRL three sixty, and he's just he's he's next level. Yeah, you know they've got a lot of talking heads on those shows. Yeah, then there's him who just cuts the game down. Tells you how it's played. Yep. Yeah, and I still don't know how it's played properly. I've been following all my life. Like, what are they doing out there? Like, when they're drilling upfield for a set of six. Yep. You know, that's what they're doing, but what are they really doing? And he cuts it all down and yep. such a good footy brain, I reckon. Yeah, well, he, I, he seems with the commentary stuff, he puts the work in like he did, does with his footy. And yeah, yeah. Stuff. always like, wanting to get better. Yeah, seems to just want to be better at what he's doing, and yeah. and that's that's awesome when you're a fan just listening to them talk and yeah, it's inspiring isn't yeah, it yeah it is it's 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 awesome as you say you you think you know what's going on but you really don't because you never no. set foot on an nrl field for a first grade game for five minutes and <laughs> and know exactly what's going on so as, as josh dugan told people through the week yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so uh you know having those guys open up and talk about it and and, and, and another player there who brings a different perspective, maybe from a different side and different experience. It's it's really interesting to hear these guys, and particularly Cooper, talk about mm. you know, what it takes to, to run a footy side, which is what he's doing on the ground. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. Love yeah. listening to it. Yeah. No, terrific. Um, 
All right. So, as I said, we covered Benji. Benji's mate, Robbie. Um, he's very polarizing, this bloke. I, I like him. I've always liked Robbie Farrow just because um, he had that he had that period in his game where he went to South. Something's happened to him when he's gone to South. Something, I don't know whether it's because he was missing out on, on, on dominating at the Tigers, but I, I reckon him leaving the Tigers was the best thing that, that could happen to him. He just seems to have... He seems to have his passion for footy back, yeah, and, and that anger, and 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 you know, it's, it's hard to explain with the Tigers, but unless you're a Tigers supporter, you know, it's hard to get passionate about them. But yeah, their fans are just nuts about about their team, and yeah, and, and he's a real driver of what they're all about. I reckon. Yeah, it never felt right watching him run around the South Jersey. No, he's one of those guys you just no. you couldn't ever picture him, and it, I, yeah. Not always been my favourite player, but always mm. respected just how good a footy player he is. Yeah, but yeah, that's it for me too. Yeah, watching him back play for the Tigers, I've I've grown a bit more to really like it and yep. watching him, and and it just feels right. And you're exactly you're right. He seems to be playing with that chip on his shoulder, almost a little bit of still proving that he can still play after all mm. the all the drama I suppose he had with you know going back to reserve grade and everything like that yeah true he seems to really be you know wanting to prove that hey I'm still a really really good footballer and he is and yeah. watching him and Benji run around together is an awesome thing to see yeah it is it's like yeah turning back the clock yeah exactly yeah. I, was at, I was at the game where um, remember how he was like the the talk was really rife that he, um, he was going to be not only demoted to reserve grade, but made to stay there. Yeah. If you don't leave, you're going to play reserve grade. I went to, I think, the first reserve grade game after all that happened, and then he was put in the team, and it was at Leichhardt Oval. And there was just, like, there was thousands of people there, you know, chanting, Robbie, Robbie, and there was signs and everything. And I, I like players that embody the spirit of a footy club. Yep. I don't care who they play for. Yep, yep. And he's one of them. I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly right. He <laughs> is the Tigers. He's exactly what you think of when you think of the Tigers. So <laughs> He's a rock in everyone's shoe. Yeah. And that's the Tigers. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Tigers. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that about him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, yeah, that was, it was really cool to see. Just to see that a guy that, I suppose, a lot of people support other teams, don't really love, you know, as a player. Obviously, he's loved at his own club because they all showed up as soon as he went down to reserve grade and yeah. got behind him and sort yeah. of showed the showed the team that hey, That's this guy, we actually love this guy. You know, yeah. he, he's he's what we're all about at the Tigers, and I think they're showing that now with what he's doing there. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Um, another player uh, on this list is John Sutton. He always gets yeah, same sort of thing. He always gets talked about in club loyalty terms and um, and, and that kind of thing. There's, I live just down the road from Kensington Oval. Um, remember how he got that mural painted of himself yeah, yeah. last year? Yeah. That, to me, summed up the importance of a bloke like Sutton. Yep. Like, to, to Rabbitohs uh, club people. Like, just, yeah, as you just said, he's south at the moment. Like, might not be their best player, but, you know, there's no players played more games you know, for the bunnies. Yeah, he just, it's one of those things, you couldn't ever picture him playing in another, in no, another club. No, no. And uh, he, he's another one of those guys that's really, his game's matured as he's gotten older and he's worked out he can play a whole lot of different roles and add value wherever they put him on the field. And um, he just, yeah, a really solid performer. Like I say, not their best player. No. But invaluable to them as well at times, I think. He's, uh, yeah, and, and obviously means so much to the local community being a local boy, uh, to be a part of that South team is, yeah, it, like I say, it wouldn't be right to watch him run out without him. It, no, no. Yeah, it'd feel very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Well said. Uh, next on the list is Jimmy Maloney. Talk about rocks in shoes. This guy, this guy would be, what would this guy be? Whatever was in your shoe, he'd rip it off you and throw it into the crowd. It's not a rock, it's a boulder. <laughs> How, and, like, until he arrived at Penrith, I just thought... God, this guy is annoying. Like he's just, and he was a winner too, and that added to it. But supporting the Panthers, I, I just love him being at the Panthers. Yep. He's just, you can just everything can just fall back onto him. Poor bastard. You could, like he, he's getting more and more tired and that sort of thing. But he just loves the responsibility, doesn't he? Yeah. He just loves 
there you go. It's it's all on you, mate. He loves that, doesn't he? He just seems like an absolute competitive animal. Yeah. That yeah. once there's something where it's a challenge, he just wants the footy in his hands and he wants to be in charge and he wants to, to run the team around. And yeah. uh, that probably comes into him being such a pest around the club and stuff like that, like you always hear about. But he, you, what you said before, he's a winner. Everywhere he goes, he wins. Mm. And... That's that's a rare thing for a player who's moved around so much to win everywhere they go. And like you say, to be a fan of one of the clubs that he's been at, I think everyone just loves him as soon as he gets there. And then when he goes, they hate him because they know <laughs> he's going to show up and annoy them and, and probably beat them. So, But yeah, it just seems to love the responsibility of being in charge of running the side around. Yeah. And uh, look at it in the, in the recent Origins series. He was, he was just fantastic as soon as it was on him in Game 2. He just took over. Yeah. You know, game three, he probably, he probably didn't have his best game, but he was relentless that he still wanted the ball and still wanted to, to run the side around and, yeah. and drive the guys on. And uh, he must bug the front rowers and the forwards into taking the football up so much and they just probably do it to get rid of him out of their ears and <laughs> stop him chipping them. But uh, he's just yeah, a winner, just a, an absolute winner. And, and that's, a, that's, that's an amazing thing to have in your side. If he he came to the the team you were supporting, you'd just think, all right, we're in for something here because this guy doesn't lose very often. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. And no one likes Penrith anyway, so, you know, (laughs) it doesn't matter. (laughs) The fact that he's he's on our team, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And just two more to go. Um, I'll put Matt Scott in there just because this guy, I reckon you talk about your tough bastards in rugby league. I reckon he's... He's. Can you imagine trying to stop him? Yeah, I was just going to say. I, I think he might be one of the last people I'd ever want to try and tackle. Yeah, de- like definitely. Yeah, it. It yeah. just there wouldn't be a part of him that wouldn't hurt you. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> You're right. And he's just like you say. He's just tough as nails and just <laughs> keeps going. So, yeah, he's uh, definitely anyone who plays in the front row at 34 years of age. Yeah. And you know, takes carries whenever they can. Uh, they deserve to be on any list of you know guys worth their weight and gold to their team oh yeah yeah well i don't know what his plans are as far as retirement goes i've never i've never heard any retirement sort of talk around him no unless i've missed something no i haven't heard anything particularly no Uh, and he's he's, god he's still he's still brilliant him and tamalolo yeah it's just yeah like exactly so you just there's not an easy way to stop him i don't think and one of those guys who seems to make a lot of metres after the first contact. Yeah, true. Yeah. You know, so puts a dent in that line. Doesn't just get up there and take the tackle and go on the ground. He, yeah. he's still, his legs are pumping while he's been tackled and yeah. uh, and that puts defences on the back foot. And that's, that's such a valuable player to have to take that little dents and mm. keep chipping away and then you've got a guy like Tamalolo taking the next hit up. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine trying to defend in the middle against those two blokes? I'd just be, yeah, I'd be going off hurt to, to get out of there, to <laughs> not have to try. And then, then you got bloody Gavin Cooper running around. Yeah, exactly right. And then yeah, up until last year, oh, and then he just goes out to Thurston, who <laughs> goes on the back of it. I can see why. Yeah, he, he Thurston used to pump Scott's tyres up all the time, and yeah, and yeah, you can really see why now. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and finally, Jim uh, James Graham. Um, Probably among everyone's favourite players, but yeah, he's in on this list. A because of his age, but his passion for whatever team he's on is just—it's just the most blindingly obvious, isn't it? Yeah, love watching him. Yeah, and I mean, just last weekend with all those guys playing <coughs> milestone games with Benji playing three hundred and, and Cam playing four hundred. Yeah, you know, I, I don't even know what the number is, but the amount of games he's played across the Super League and mm. the NRL. Yeah. It must be huge, and and again in the, in in the middle of it, and and as a relentless taker up of the ball and everything like that, he, he you're exactly right. He whoever he's playing for, they know they're getting everything James Graham's got every <laughs> game. You know he, he just doesn't stop. He he might be a bit mad. He looks like he must yeah. be a bit mad, but but, you, you, but that's good in rugby league. Absolutely, yeah, 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 absolutely. You don't want a team of nice blokes. You nah. want that psychopath over there, like. Who will, yeah, it, it, yeah, they're like birds, these blokes, aren't they? Like, you don't know what the next move's going to be. Like. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you'd be happy running out with him on your team every single time because you know you're going you're gonna to get everything he's got. You might not know when he's going to start a stink, but that's okay. <laughs> he's just sort of, yeah, he's just, 
it just keeps going and and uh, he's tough as nails too. You yeah, know, yeah. He, he just he just would not stop making tackles and taking the footy up and. If you're his, like I say, if you're his teammate, you'd you'd never doubt that you're going to get everything James Graham's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and just finally, the thing I like about him is I'm, I'm going against what I'm saying here myself, but that that um, biting incident in yep. the grand final, I like the fact that everybody moved on from that. Yeah, it took him a long time to get it for everybody to get over it. Yeah, and for him to prove that he wasn't just all about that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like that as as he's matured. Yeah, as he's yeah. kept going, he's he's got a lot more sort of attention for his footy and for his how much he cares for his yeah. teams and everything like that. It was yeah. it was a horrible thing, but yeah, but you know, it it it, it, it yeah, you're right. It, it hasn't in the end defined him, which it probably looked like it was going to. For Definitely, a while. yeah. And uh, when it happened, I thought, what a shame. Yep. He's such a good player, this bloke. Yep. I hope everyone doesn't, you know, refer to that. Yeah. It's dead sad. Like I haven't heard anything about that for five or six years. No, no, and no one even talks about it. No, anymore. that's right. So yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's a good thing that he's uh, stayed out here and kept playing and yeah. know, developed a really solid reputation. I think where probably at the time he was one of those hated players. I think he's one of those guys everyone yeah. everyone watches and thinks, I wish he played for my team. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I hope, like you know how like a, a, a player will make a mistake and his teammates will come over and. You know, pat him on the head. Yep. It's all right. I love the fact that he rips into teammates every now yep. and then. Yep. It's great. Yep. It's like, fuck, this is a, it's a tough game. Everyone's under pressure. What did you do that for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rah, 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 rah. It's awesome. <laughs> he's a bit old school, really. He's sort of a bit of an old school footy player. He just, he's tough and he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't seem to get into the whole, it's all right, we all make mistakes. It's a, why did you make a mistake? That didn't help us. So, <laughs> Good on you. Yeah, exactly. And if he did that to you, you'd definitely take it, you'd definitely take notice. So, yeah, no, he's a bit of a throwback, I think. Yeah, definitely. And that's yeah. what that's what we love. No, that, that's terrific. Um, yeah, so that's in the, um, it's called Better With Age, and that's in the August edition of Inside Sport. Um, we'll move on to uh, this um, listener question um, and, and the answers that were posted back to us six months ago in March. <laughs> um, just before I go on, I wanted to let you talk about your own rugby league flavour. Um, you're a Bears fan. Absolutely. Yeah. Lifelong Bears fan. Yeah. Did you uh, grow up around here? Yeah, and no, I grew up at Linfield. Linfield, uh, oh, yeah. So not too far, but went to school nearby North Sydney at Milsons Point there. So, yeah. Uh, but no, my old man grew up at Balgala, and he went to school at near North Sydney, and so half his mates went for the Bears and half went for Manly. All oh, right. And so he went to a game one day where the Bears were playing Manly. He said, whoever wins, they'll be my team. Yeah. And for Did once really? in a blue moon, the Bears won, and we ended up as a family of Bears supporters forever. So, uh, yeah, and then when they when they got booted out of the comp, I couldn't quite handle the uh, thought of supporting anyone else. No. So, no. still a Bears supporter, still a member of North League, still get down to Bear Park and watch them play in, the, what's the Canterbury Cup now, and yeah, yeah, yeah. sit on the hill and have a few beers and yell a few things out and see a lot of the people I used to see there at games when I was a kid. So, really? Yeah, yeah absolutely, and... A few of my cousins who all grew up with it as well. We all get down there together, and one lives around the corner, and take a, taking the kids down there to watch them, and bought them jerseys and everything like that to get them involved in the Bears. I'm sure they'll end up supporting someone else, but yeah, no, nah, we still love it all, and still always throw the Bears jersey on to go out and watch them. And you know, I've got uh, photos of myself as Mario Finnick as a. I think a six-year-old going to a birthday party riding a horse. <laughs> Mum's shoulder pads on under my jersey. <laughs> electrical tape around the head. <laughs> Me and my stepbrother actually both dressed up as Mario Fennec for his birthday party. So That's we were just bears through and through and, uh, you know, loved it and, and it still do. And <laughs> played a game of rugby for Nor- Northern Suburbs, actually, on North Sydney Oval. And that was the greatest thing in the world, having watched wow. that many games of footy there. Yeah. Played there on a Friday night and just thought, how cool this, how cool is this? You yeah. know, down in the change rooms and everything like that. And, um, yeah, no, it's uh, still love the Bears and still love going out and watching them. And yeah. nothing like watching that reserve grade and suburban ovals and yeah. sitting on a hill and having a drink with a few mates. And oh, it's, it's fantastic. So yeah, the, the pull of it is, is like, I, I, a few Saturdays ago, I think it might have been, not last Saturday, but the Saturday before, I hadn't planned to go. But I was just in that, you know how you get to a Saturday and you just think, oh, this can either go one way or the other. can either end up at the pub or at home sad, you know, with nothing to do. 
and and I had that that Jets game was in the back of my mind, and I, I just couldn't resist. I had to go to Henson because yep. I thought I was missing out on something. Yeah, and Dad said it was a great Arvo. Like, yeah, that. They've nailed that whole experience. A lot of a lot of the teams have, haven't they? Yeah, the absolutely. Canary Cup experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's awesome to see it on TV as well. Yeah, like yeah. you sit down on a Saturday afternoon and think, oh yeah, I can watch watch my team go around, which I hadn't been able to yeah. do for a long time. But, but but that makes you want to go there. But yeah, it? but yeah. it's nothing like going to those grounds. No, dead, dead set. Yeah. I don't live too far away from Henson, so Henson Park's one of the great places to go and watch footy. Yeah, and uh, you know the. The, the big uh, beer, food, and footy festival that they have there every yeah. year. Did you go last year? Yeah, I was there last yeah. year, and How I'll be there again it? this year. It's just great. Yeah. You know, you get up there, and it's not all about just getting there and drinking lots of beer. I'm it sure it is for a lot of people, but yeah. there's good food, but there's good footy. There's kids running around kicking footies and, and having a great time, and it's just a great day. You know, there's thousands of people at a small suburban rugby league ground watching <laughs> reserve grade footy. Yeah. And everyone has a good time. From yeah. people who have never been to a rugby league game in their life to guys who have been going to Henson Park since since long before I was born. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's great. And I, I've got a soft spot for the Jets. There, if anything, if I got a second team, it'd be it'd be Newtown. Just mm. always love the Jets and the old Paramount shirts, jersey, and everything like that. And yeah. uh, seeing those guys again, like at North Sydney Oval, where you see the old Bears supporters. Guys walking around and they've still got their old original Jets jersey on and yeah. down there screaming for the blue baggers. It's 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 great. Do, do, here's a question for you: If they, if something happened one day and the, I know this is easy for me to say because my team is still in in the top grade, but do you reckon if the Bears ended up back in the NRL, it would ruin that? thing that you were just talking about just then would you would you sacrifice all of that to have the central coast bears or the perth bears back in yeah people ask all the time if, if they go yeah. somewhere else would you would you support them and i would if it's if it's the bears and yeah yeah it's got the same sort of same same sort of club to it i would um but i, I don't think i'd be as into it as i am yeah. as a canterbury cup Team, so, yeah, yeah, I'd go along to a game, and I, I've spoken to it when there was a bit of talk about it, maybe last year or the year before about maybe the Bears were a chance. Uh, spoke about it with a couple of the cousins about wherever the first game is, everyone's getting tickets and everyone's going, and we'll all be there. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be, I'd enjoy it as much. I, I'd love to be able to watch them and and see them see them play in, in the NRL. But yeah, it would be very different. Yeah, you know, yeah. supporting a team that. Uh, oh, in the AFL, I support Carlton, and I'm from Sydney, you know, so I understand supporting a team that not from where you're from. But uh, no, it wouldn't be quite the same. It, it, mm. It's one of those things. You know, I'm sure they'd still play a game at North Sydney Oval, and it'd be packed to the rafters. You wouldn't be able to breathe, and I'd see everyone I've known since I was five years old. But it, uh, mm. yeah, no, it wouldn't quite be the same. No, no, no. That's what I like about the Jets. How I know everyone supports them because they're the most promoted yep. team in that um, reserve grade tier. Yep. But I love the fact that they've almost um, accepted the fact that yep. that's, what, that's what they're going to be. Yep. And so let's embrace it. Yeah. And I think it looks like, um, as you said, un- until a chance comes up and they, and they throw their hat in the ring again, it looks like the Bears are, are heading down that path. Yeah. Same sort of thing with the Magpies as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is, this is the identity of the Canary Cup now, yep. and that in itself is attracting fans, yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I think so, yeah. It's yeah. just a bit more, even in with the, in the case of the Jets being from Newtown, it's almost a bit trendy to support a yeah, team that's not so. a top-flight yeah. team. So, yeah, In uh, fact, yeah, it'd be good if, not good for, for them, I'm sure, but imagine that, the battlers in Canary Cup, these blokes never win, but we, but we keep turning up and watching them. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and if they were well, high flyers... It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same thing. If they weren't <laughs> playing there, no one would be watching it. So, um, yeah, no, I think that's right. And yeah. I think the from an outsider looking in, the Bears <clears throat> seem like they've realised that uh, they can't lose their identity if they yeah. were to go up into the NRL and yeah. be something completely different. Which they would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what, exactly right. That's what happened with the Northern Eagles. I think they lost their identity completely. So, um, you know, that I think the risk of that happening again must be always on the mind of the people making the decision to try and, you know, eventually get them back up into the NRL. But you know, I'm pretty happy with where they are going down and watching them and it costing 10 bucks to get in the gate yeah, and yeah. everything like that. And, and like I said, there's still people there going along and watching and everything like that. So, yep. uh, yeah, there's nothing quite like sitting on a grass hill and 
you know, having something to eat and having a beer and watching some... And it's good footy. That's the other thing. It's you know, good, yeah. There's, yeah. there's young guys coming up that then a couple of years later you see playing NRL. There's older guys coming back from injuries and there's the guys that just probably that's their level but they, they give everything they've got. So yeah, it's, it's great fun to, to go down there and watch it and... You know, I, I always encourage people, and when I've got visitors from overseas, can we go and see something, see some sport? I say, let's go do this. This will oh give you a goodness. real taste of, <laughs> real taste of what going and watching rugby league's all about. You know, I love um, it. rather than going out to a big stadium and oh, doing yeah. all that sort of stuff, come down and watch this. This is what this will give you something else. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. That, that, they're, they're like, we've heard of the Sydney Swans. That that's big, isn't it? I can just. <laughs> picture someone like you going nah mate don't worry about that nah we don't <laughs> want to do that let's let's come get to North Sydney Oval that's right the last ones I had came from America and oh yeah, yeah. there's a bloke he's, he coaches college football and uh, desperate to see some sport we went in unfortunately it was a weekend there was no Canterbury Cup there was not much on in oh, Sydney oh was that rip weekend was yeah it, it was oh, yeah, so we didn't yeah. get out to anything but I took him down to the pub and watched a game of league watched a game of AFL and watched a game of rugby union and, and showed him through it all but I sort of made sure to walk past a couple of ovals and say, hey, look down there, that's the place to go. Go down and watch something like that. And you know, he fell in love with the idea that you go down there and just sit on the grass and yeah. watch watch the footy. You don't have to go and sit in a stadium which is surrounded by seats and advertising and everything like that. So, yeah, no, it's uh, that's definitely my idea of a good good Saturday afternoon out in the sun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's great. Um, yeah. and, and you've got some uh, other bears connections as well so we might cover those off in a in, a, in another show absolutely <laughs> a very good connection actually yeah um so we'll get to this uh, dead in goal question um about footy tipping um what, how do you approach it i'm a hopeless tipper so that's uh i probably wouldn't listen to me but uh, i always start every season looking at every game really closely and you know thinking oh yeah looking at the teams looking at where they're playing and everything like that and by the end of it i'm just I'm guessing like everyone else, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, there's always got to be, when I'm picking my teams every week, there's always got to be one or two upsets in there. You've got to look for one. Yeah. Uh, particularly if you're in a, a smallish comp to try and make up a bit of ground if you're falling back a bit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, because I don't have a team in it, it's uh, I'm very much just based on who I think is going to win. I don't have to tip my team every week. So, no. uh, yeah, I just go through and, and look at, who's the favourite, who's in the teams, and, and go from there. And I've got a few little favourites. You know, I don't mind the Tigers. I don't mind watching yep. the Cowboys. So I always get behind those guys maybe a little bit more, but always like tipping against Parramatta. So that's, you know, <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I always like Ooh, tipping against Parramatta. So, nice. Yeah, there's, there's, a bit of, there's a bit of influence from... Oh, good. Makes no sense, but, yeah, just... <laughs> Paul Parra. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um... So Brett Doherty, do you remember Brett Doherty, former yeah. Steelers? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Steelers star who won him a Tui's Challenge game. Yeah, yeah, he. absolutely. <laughs> He's a bit of a fan of the show. Um, he uh, had, uh, bases his, his tips on uh, how many country players are in each team. <laughs> yeah, okay. It takes a while to work it out. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a bit of research <laughs> in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ex-Hull Kiwi. Um, I can't be trusted to tip. As I pick on on uh, players that she likes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So getting into that NBA sort of sphere. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, Ed Council Creeper uh, picks the Cowboys. Always the Cowboys. Um, then fill in the rest based on who's doing well or who I hate less. That's yeah. yeah. There you go. That's that's my Parramatta theory. <laughs> yeah. I don't like people who don't tip their own team. That's you, you got to have a bit of loyalty in there. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. I've got I no loyalty so. to Penrith. Oh. If I think they're going to get rolled, I'm not tipping them. No, I, 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 you got to tip your team. That's <laughs> I think we've got a, a a person in this company who regularly doesn't tip their team, and oh, I think that's no good. He, he you know. Is that is that Tommy Lee? No, no, that's no. Uh, one of the one of the bosses. He uh, oh, right. doesn't get on Parramatta when he, yeah, you know, ah. big Parramatta fan. So fancy that. That's it. That's Parramatta. There you go. Um, <laughs> I had a bet with him once. Yes, Penrith versus Parramatta. It was it was in the week before leading up. Whoever wins, um, now what was it? Uh, no, no. What it was was um, in the week leading up on the Friday. Um, we, we both had to wear our, our team's jerseys to work. Yep. I rock up in a Penrith jersey, nothing doing on his end. <laughs> Thought, no. Nah. 
Fair weather fan. <laughs> exactly. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Andrew Ferguson. Um, so, um, <clears throat> I've, a big shout out to Andrew Ferguson and League Freak, whose podcast I went on a few weeks ago, and whose podcast um, Fergo and the Freak I listen to a lot. Good work there, boys. So Andrew Ferguson says, the only year I finished in the top three of a footy tipping comp, I made all of my tips um, for the entire year three days before round one kicked off. <laughs> <laughs> every, every year I think about doing that, but I can't be bothered doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of commitment there again, but pro- I'd probably go better as well, just going off start of the year. I, yeah. I, I don't get any better as the year goes on. I think I get worse. So. And, and just the anxiety every Thursday of... <laughs> of remembering to remember to tip that's right and yeah, yeah. so I'll have about four or five weeks every year where I just forget yep, yep. halfway through the round oh shit I better do my tips they're generally my better ones <laughs> see perfect rounds uh, Jay Dwight um, usually picks four teams uh, who he thinks will be top four uh, pick them every week um, and if one plays the other go with the home team so that that's actually Proper structure, bit of theory, and bit of, yeah, bit of strategy there. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Karate warrior, um, pay someone who knows zero about rugby league and who couldn't care less uh, to tip for, for him. Um, anyone got Pirate Pete's number? Does he? <laughs> oh God, on your karate uh, sports freak show. My dad has two key philosophies. Basically, tips around King Wally's Channel Nine predictions. This is good. Um, and the second one is when the media hypes a team about the amount of uh, wins they have, tip against them. Uh, his belief is a loss must be coming soon. That's true as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It always has to, everyone has to lose eventually. So <laughs> if you keep, keep going with that theory, I'm sure you'll get a few wins. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know how much of a super, super tipper King Wally is. He <laughs> knows more about the game than anyone, but I don't know if he's the best tipper in the world. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Paul Mack um, bookies aren't in the business of losing money so unless uh, there is a good reason I will generally pick the favourite that, that's, that's my that's my strategy early on yep and then if you can get through the first two or three rounds get your wins up and then all you have to do for the whole year is tip the favourites yep yeah, yeah no he's exactly right they're, yeah. they're not foolish they know what they're doing so <laughs> You know, unless it's uh, even money, it's it's always advisable to probably follow follow what they're suggesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Woody and Slugs do league. This is another podcast, but I'd, I haven't listened to it yet. I'll okay. have, have to give it a go. Um, and and uh, sorry that we didn't recognise your response back in March, boys. But um, they reckon don't listen to um, Woody and Slugs do league. <laughs> don't listen to their tips each week. We are rubbish. But at least we have a laugh for an hour discussing the greatest game of all. Rugby league tune in, so they've, they've got a plug out of us, but that's okay. That's I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't mind that. Uh, JD Sloan says, um, Tip the home team, especially if they are finalists from the previous season. This tends to work well unless your home team is playing a bogey hoodoo team. So, like, um, maybe like back in the old days when the Seagulls used to be the Broncos or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, one of those teams that just inevitably couldn't be beaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Ives um, says picking teams to win is based on um, comparing mascots. Would a tiger win a fight versus a shark? Could a horse kill a rooster? Would a raider beat a titan? That's a good one. That's a good theory, but I don't think it necessarily comes true. I, I don't. Uh, going back to my own loyalties, I don't think a bear would ever lose a fight to a no. to a sea eagle. But we seem to lose a lot of those ones. So <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask you before. Did you get into the northern eagles? No, not really. No, no, I struggled with that a lot. Uh, yeah. That um, that Jason Taylor went up there and played for a bit, made me keen on it. Oh yeah. But uh, no. Nah. Brett Kamali too back then. Yeah, and, yeah. and Matty Orford. Yeah, that's and, right. uh, some good players, but no, I struggled to get into the Northern Eagles. Uh, having grown up being told to hate everything about Manly, it was uh, yeah, yeah. hard to get on board with a team that included Manly. So, yeah. um, now that was that was that was a butcher job, I think, on both sides. I think if they both had their time again, they'd definitely say no way. The just, Northern Eagles. Yeah, I still can't believe it happened. No, me neither. No, it just just everything about it was awful. The jersey was horrendous. Yeah, the jersey was awful, and yeah. the name, the yeah, everything it about it didn't it didn't make one or the other. You know, at least like the West Tigers, you get one of each. Yeah, but neither one of them were the Northern something, and neither one of them were. 
the, yep. just the Eagles. So it, it made no sense to me, but no, I couldn't get involved in that one. <laughs> what they do, they lasted two years. Yeah, I think it was two years. Yeah, but nah, nah, they'll never do that again. No. Nah. Nah. Uh, Luke Tomlins says there will always there will always be a boil over or an upset game. Picking that game is the key, and that's what you were saying before. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, yeah, that's a good way if you're in that small comp to try and climb up the ladder if you're struggling. Yeah, pick a couple of upsets and one or two come through. That's it, uh, Bobby Tattoo. Uh, pot luck. Um, I'll go for the underdog more times than often, more than often. Go for the underdog. Um, Blair Hughes um, says, um, um, start to follow what my mum decides to pick after round ten. After she's above everyone else on the ladder, after picking upset after upset. <laughs> That's right. I mean, in our office tipping comp, there's always always seems to be someone who goes well who just picks the most random teams and they just yeah. come off a bit. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's not a bad strategy to find mum or someone who's just <laughs> absolutely picking smokies every week. That's, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Two more. AJ Mithen says uh, he picks the team with the sexiest forward pack. There you Fair go. It's a different enough. strategy. That's a bit of research in there too, I imagine, going yeah. through headshots and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, obviously working. On your AJ, good supporter of the show. And finally, we'll finish with Courtney. Um, Courtney gave up on footy tipping a few years ago. Much like the Dragons, I started strong and then faded badly. My number one rule is never tip against your team, although that could cost you support um, if, you, if they're a cellar dweller. So there you go. That's yeah. I, I like I, I like that idea. You got to stick with them, but you're going to lose a lot of games if your team aren't any good. Yeah. But and you're not going to win the tipping comp. Oh, the that's thing, true. The thing that doesn't, the thing that I settle well with as far as tipping against my team is you've paid your own money to go into it. So that's like you've got an excuse. That's true. And you are a tipping comp winner in our office, and I'm not. Yeah. So maybe that, maybe that's. Uh, I just. Maybe that's a worthwhile theory to follow. I bombed out last year and this year I've got no idea. No, I've got nothing. I I I think I've got a massive idea each week. Yeah. Because it looks easy each week and then I've just gone, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) We had one of the guys in the office, 12-year-old son, give me a towel up last year or the year before last. So uh, I've clearly got no idea because he was just tipping whoever he wanted. So no, (laughs) I've got nothing. Uh, very good, mate. Oh, thanks very much for um, chatting with me this week. Jimmy. Absolute pleasure, mate. It's been great fun. Terrific. We'll end, end with this um, Cameron Munster interview I did, which um, came out really good in, in the feature uh, that we had in our July edition. But, you know, these things are sitting around and it's always good to air them if, if you think people are going to be interested in, in them. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll cut to that and um, catch us after. Perfect. Thanks, mate. So where did your rugby league journey begin? Like, what are, you, what are your earliest footy memories? I went to school at Berska Street State School, which is a primary school back back where I'm from in Rockhampton. Um, yeah, it was um, a couple of mates at that time um, that were playing rugby league um, at a club called North Knights as, as a junior footy team, and um, I was really close to them. And they asked me if I wanted to play, and I um, and I said, Mum and Dad, can I play? And I said, No, we don't want you playing a contact sport. Uh, we don't want you to get hurt, etc. I ended up um, getting the head parents to, I guess, talk my way into for me to play, and um, which was I'm pretty happy about now. Um, but yeah, like it was just um, just one of them things. I was nine years old, played my first footy game with some of my footy mates um, from back then, and um, yeah, I guess it went from there. I ended up playing um, school footy from grade five to grade seven after that, and then yeah, I guess um, that was my first pretty much opportunity to get a bit of taste of rugby league when I was a kid. So um, yeah, I was very fortunate that one. My mates' mums ended up deciding to persuade my mum. <laughs> oh, no, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, and um, so, what sort of um, town is Rockhampton? Like, um, what was growing up there like? Yeah, yeah I mean, oh, it was um, it was like a country town to be honest with you. Everyone knew pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, my dad was local, well known in the cricket department um, in Rocky. Was local town. Um, he was pretty handy with the bat, so. Yeah. Um, he was pretty um, handy there so a lot of cricketers and a lot of people obviously knew him through that but um, yeah I guess it was good um, I was never as obviously talked to him and watched my dad play but I was never as good as him back in the local teams there but um, played a bit of cricket played a bit of union 
played every sport, um, but my love for the love was probably rugby league. To be completely honest, honest with you, um, I was probably better at that stage at soccer. Um, really? Was, yeah. So I was. Yeah. I decided to tell one of my coaches at one of my local soccer clubs, um, Bluebirds, uh, and he was pretty devastated that I decided to choose rugby league over soccer. But <laughs> I felt like all my mates were playing rugby league, and my mum and dad obviously paying my school fees in a private school when I was in grade 8 and uh, I needed to pick two sports one in the winter and one in the summer and yeah. cricket was in the summer and then footy was in the winter so that was something that I had to pick and uh, unfortunately soccer had to go and <laughs> um, yeah, I made a, I'm just glad that I made the right decision and you know, I'm here now yeah yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and um, so was it, coming up through the grades was there anyone who we would know um, who you came up through the grades with? Yeah, funny enough, um, I've actually played with um, Oatsy since I was 11 years old. Oh, right. Um, yeah. yeah, we played in the Capricornia side in primary school there, and that was the first, I guess, rep side that I made. Um, and then after that, I didn't make another rep side until I was 18 years of age. But yeah. he was um, always going to be destined for great things, Corey. Um, he's pretty much the same height as he is in high school than he was as he is now. And, um, he never really grew much after that, so he was pretty much a, a big boy in, in, in kids' footy, but um, you just knew that he was always going to be destined for great things, which is proud of and pretty happy to watch um, him, his career blossom. But, um, yeah, this, um, there was a couple of other players um, at that stage at St. Brendan's we had a bit of a role with, and yeah. um, vice versa, we had a couple of contracted players that were with the Bronx in my um, high school as well. So I think it was about seven or eight contracted players at that stage in my grade, but only, um, only one pretty much kicked on I had a contract at that stage and um, me I was never contracted until I was about 19 so yeah. you know, I was very late bloomer but um, I guess I'll take the late bloom and um, being destined for great things at such a young age yeah you yeah, know it's so tough isn't it so much competition and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. and so so who were your um, footy heroes growing up and, and what did what was it about them that made you sort of sit back and go oh wow like how awesome like yeah. Yeah, I guess being in Queensland, you obviously got to go for Queensland teams. And um, yep. I was a Brisbane Broncos fan, uh, only down the road pretty much, like an hour and a half flight, if that. Yep. So I was a mad down Nokia fan. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, isn't mad, it? Yeah. yeah, I guess he'll probably be an immortal soon, if not in the near future. But um, just the way he went about playing five eight and also oh, playing full playing fullback, and his way running a bit. He was the best fullback at that stage. Played for Australia. Played for. Queensland and such a young age and then decided to make the transition and getting a bit older with age and probably pace was slowing down a little bit but his brain was still functioning the best as he could and he moved to six and then he became the best six in the world so I don't think you can see many people wear the green and go at one and then make the transition to six and be as, be as great as he was at both positions so hmm. he kind of changed the way of, of playing those positions and that's just because of the way he played and just played out good footy and saw what was in front of him and play through strengths which is something that I try and um, make him I try and copy but I'm going to be as good as him oh, <laughs> I was going to say um, I know you're not going to brag about yourself but there, there's a lot of similarities between you and him isn't there like with the fullback and 5'8 thing like has that has that ever crossed your mind much? no not at all mate um, <laughs> just being in the same conversation has been um, similarities to him is very humbling and, <laughs> um, you know I guess um, the way he plays, I've, I've tried to um, copy, but like I just said before, but yeah, I've just just to play one NRL game um, is just a happy achievement for myself. But yeah, yeah I guess um, just being around his presence at times, I still get a bit, a couple of butterflies here and there as a little school kid. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's probably crazy and probably silly to hear, but that's something that I feel when I see him. Oh, that's good. And just and, and moving into first grade, um, something that I noticed um, about you, like uh, when you first came on the scene in the NRL, you seemed to be really, like there seemed to be a feistiness to your game. And you seemed to be not angry, but you just seemed to be, like be really agitated and stuff when you when you got tackled. Was that was that the issue there, that you just hated getting um, getting tackled? Or was it a bit of a trying to prove yourself sort of thing? Like, how, how do you look back on that? Yeah, I look. I look at it like um, I guess still in big shoes and Billy, and then and uh, a lot of expectations behind behind being the next Billy. Um, everyone was trying to label me as, but I guess um, it was um, this is probably the way everyone went about it and tried to get rough me up and um, yeah. just showing it, just showing everyone that I wasn't just there to to cop it. Um, 
there's a couple of higher tackles, a couple of swinging arms, a couple of up in the faces, and that. And I was just letting some of the players know that I wasn't letting it happen, and, and I was going to stand up for myself. And um, but I guess at times that's just players trying to get in your head and trying to, I guess, make you play off your game. And I've kind of mellowed a little bit since then, hmm. um, and just making more focus, worrying about myself and worrying about the way I play. And if I can do that and do my job for the team, I guess we'll be very comfortable and very. Um, and hopefully, um, hopefully we can get the win. But then saying that, like, yeah, I guess when I look back on it, it was pretty funny. But yeah, I just hmm. decided to let the, the people know that I wasn't there to play muck around. <laughs> no, that, no, that's great. You can, yeah, that, that's really effective too. And so, what's the biggest thing that you've learned about the game, about how the game's played since you arrived in first grade? Is there something, something that you've really learnt about? You know, like just the mechanics of it, and and if I do this, you know, this will this will work out better than than what, how I used to do it. That sort of thing. Like, you... yeah, just probably just being a little bit smarter. I guess the game's got a lot faster. The referees aren't blowing their whistle as much. Um, they're letting the game flow a lot more, so there's going to be more time to play. So probably just getting a little bit fitter and just being a little bit smarter, with, and just being um, just watching a lot more video. I guess when I was a kid, I was not a kid, but coming to the club and I didn't watch much video and just watching on how people's strengths and weaknesses are and how to, I guess, try and ex- execute that and try and, um, I guess, pull them apart and then make their edges pull, pull apart as well. So that's something I'm trying to get better with. But yeah. uh, having, Billy, having Billy look after you, mate, for the last four, like, four and a half years and Cooper as well, mate, it's made my job a lot easier and I can't thank them enough for, I guess, what they gave me and I guess I'll just use some of their ideas and then use my strengths to yeah. my advantage yeah it'd be amazing listening to those two wouldn't it do you ever just stop listening and just think far out this is Billy Slater talking to me this is ridiculous <laughs> yeah. yeah look I guess when I walk away from them I, I do that um, yeah. don't really try and show it too much when I'm with them I try and have a bit of a laugh and try and play it off a bit but um, yeah, yeah I, I still pinch myself that I got to, got to train alongside them and play alongside them and you never take it for granted but those two can probably go down as if not the best players ever play their position and I'm sure all three of them should deserve immortality but mm. it doesn't I'm not the selector so I don't get to choose but yeah if, I don't think you'll see three players in those positions outdo them three at any time soon so mm. or even my, in my generation so yeah, I was very fortunate enough to come to a great club and um, hopefully we can keep the success going yeah yeah sure and just a few questions about Origin um, what's it like playing Origin like how do you describe it? Is it just the next level up in, in in quality and intensity? Like, how do you look at it? Yeah, yeah I feel like it's the best of the best. Realistically, like you're picking an Australian side, you're picking probably the best for Queensland and the best for, for New South Wales, and you're just pretty much playing against mates. And I guess everyone wants to try and get the water over each other. And um, for my first game, I just was on adrenaline and didn't really think much of it, and just oh. knew that. I just had to go out there and do my best and just play my role and I guess it, it flowed on from there but this last couple of years I guess um, playing more games and just thinking about it a little bit more and, and just the hype all around it and just try and knock and block that noise out about it all and um, yeah mate, it was a great experience for myself who would have thought um, I would be able to play what they do and decide with so much expectation on us probably losing that, that series and Mm. Um, yeah, we ended up winning it and defying the odds. So yeah, but it's pretty disappointing what we just got last year for this for Billy's last series and probably in GIs as well. So mm. that was pretty frustrating. But um, hopefully, go back to the drawing board as a, as a team and um, hopefully just go back to it and just hopefully figure out what went wrong and if we can execute and do better, then we will try and do that. Yeah, yeah. No, um, and I was just wondering. Like um, because you replaced JT, didn't you, for the third game of that series? That that was right, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the, the JT ended up doing his rotator cuff, unfortunately, um, okay. ruling him out for a little bit. So yeah, I, was, I ended up getting getting the nod. No, I think Milford was injured at that stage as well. So huh. a couple of players went down for me to, for me to get my crack. But um, yeah, I will never forget that moment um, of that game. And I'm just very proud that I got the weather the maroon once and. I've now worn it four times on four occasions, so I'm pretty happy hmm. with it. But I don't want to be too comfortable for, with what I've got. I'm just going to keep improving and keep getting better, and and i will make everyone better. So that's something that I've really drove, um, especially from my captain, Cameron Smith. He's always willing to improve, and he's done everything in the game and doing so much more than anyone's ever done in, in our game in a hundred hundred years history. So it's it's crazy to to hear that. And, um, and if our captain's wanting to to improve, then it's scary. 
for us as a club and, and, and also scary for us as players because then we know we need to get better and he drives the standards, which is why this club is so great. Yeah, not terrific. And uh, I just thought I'd ask you this, about seeing as though what you said about your mum, like what does your mum think about your footy career now? Because you're a pretty physical player and you get bashed a lot and you, and you, and you, and you know, give it back to players. Like what does she say about the whole thing now all these years later? No, no, she just has a bit of a word to me and thinks she's one of my one of my coaches and um, decides to tell me what I did wrong and what I did right. So, um, yeah. Some of the time she just tells me to stop losing my head, which she's always have a laugh about. Yeah, um, yeah that's something that she, that's a good thing about it. My mum, she doesn't sugarcoat it for me. If she uh, doesn't pop my ties up, she just tells me how it is. And um, I guess that's what you need from your parents. You don't want them to sugarcoat and always tell you what you want to hear. Um, you might try to hear what you don't want to hear. So that's something that I really take advice from, from my mum, um, which I've been very fortunate to have as a mum, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, so yeah, she's told me to stop losing my head and, and stop to focus on myself, which, yeah, which is true though, um, but I never really thought about it like that, and yeah, I'm very lucky to have it as my mum.